Hello, and welcome to the Alt Left. Welcome back, everybody, to episode 67 of the Alt Left. I am your host, Chris, filling your ear holes with lefty nuggets of goodness. With me, as always, is the Reverend Dr. K. Good evening, everyone. And Matthew Jumbo Johnson. Hey, everyone. My daughter slept through the night last night, so I'm awake in here. What's up? Oh, thank God. Uh, I also slept through the night last night and am also potty trained, and I feel I am not getting the recognition I deserve. Well, I mean, it, it, it's probably a little bit because of both my there kids beat you to it. That's that exactly what, you what I wanted. Yeah, yeah. I feel right. a little better now. I'm not going to lie. Right. Cold star, man. Your yeah. place ain't bad. I'm, 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 I'm here for you, brother. I'm here the for you. The point is I crossed the finish line. Yes. Yes, you did. Good job. He tried, therefore no one should try to criticize him. Exactly. Exactly. Um, but speaking of people who have tried and failed, uh, did you hear Biden's trying to run the country still? Are you sure? No. no I don't, that I don't think no. that's true. Oh, there is there is a solid attempt happening. No, I I honestly don't believe that. Okay, maybe not. It's not a solid attempt. But there is a, it may, there is a piss poor attempt happening. Yes. Go on. Tell me more. Uh, well, one of the things we want to talk about is uh, specifically economic promises. If anybody remembers, Biden made a quite a laundry list of uh, very possible and 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 good promises um, while he was campaigning and upon taking office. Much like Obama, he defaulted on most of them, like you know, closing Guantanamo Bay, ending foreign war. But what we especially got here is is Biden made very specific ones, and not just like Wait a minute, as on, soon as on, I take office. On, don't you don't you, we, I don't think we should do this. I think we need to change the episode because don't you know that if you criticize Biden at all, you aren't a real leftist. You're you're uh, you're, you're just a Russian bot. I so am a highly paid true. Russian bot, sir. Yeah. yeah. Wait, you're highly getting paid. paid to be a Russian bot? Yes, in in very valuable Russian rubles. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, there but, is that. So- I didn't mean to cut yes, you off. Yes, proving that Biden has that done yeah. double duty as he's been able to tank two currencies in one term. <laughs> yeah, like a right? pro, like a like a true center right corporate chill. Double fisting. <laughs> and I didn't mean to cut you off, buddy. But the re- one of the things I wanted to, to bring up since we did this is that we talked about Biden a lot lately. But there's a reason for it. It because it deserves being talked about. Because this is supposedly the best the left has to offer. This is the guy that was held up as the most progressive president of all time, <laughs> as the savior, the anti-Trump, the guy that was going to bring us all back to normalcy. And all like in most cases, all he's done is just doubled down on right-wing bullshit. And I would actually point up that no one on the left held him up. The the actual left despised Biden while he was running. And this is where the vote blue no matter who crowd comes in. And the kind of like the point you were making of if you criticize Biden, you're just a Russian bot or a Trumper or it's that same shit. It is it is the same cultish mentality of the blue wave. The Democrats don't care about you. The Democrats are conservatives and they support the banking and private industri- private prison industry and the military industrial complex and the same masters the Republicans do. Uh, one of them hates gay people more. That's pretty much yeah. it. And, and, the, and the Democrats have a coexist bumper sticker. Remember that. That's important. Yes. And the Democrats <laughs> support women's rights as long as the Republicans oppose them. I guarantee you if the GOP came out as pro-abortion tomorrow, the, Democrat with, the Democrats would pivot to family values. Oh, yeah. 
Without a doubt. Out of doubt. Do not think they are your allies. They are not. They are people who are choosing the other windsock to get your votes. We're going to focus on a few of them, but the, I just want them mentioned while we gloss over them. Uh, Biden, you know, remember he took office and he said, as soon as he takes office, there's going to be $2,000 checks hit in the mail. That was a fucking lie. He sent one check. It was not $2,000 and immediately cut off aid. He has cut off unemployment. Um, he has drastically reduced COVID aid. Um, he is now starting to, um, they're looking at plans of rescinding free COVID testing. There's already some states now where they are actually charging you for COVID testing. And it's only a matter of time before vaccines are no longer free. Yeah. Um, and again, remember, when I say free, I mean out-of-pocket expense because the American taxpayer paid for them. Operation oh, yes. Warp Somebody's Speed, paying for them. Under President, I did far more for people during COVID than, than Biden did Trump. Use taxpayer money to pay for a vaccine. We the people own the development into that vaccine. It would not have been produced without our tax money and a million dollars from Dolly Parton because she's the best person alive. Dolly Parton, mm-hmm. 2024. Just saying. That's that's taxpayer funded. That should be public property. But it will absolutely fall completely to a charge from the private sector. Um, he did also promise that he would release the IP for COVID vaccine to developing nations so they could develop their own generics, um, thus saving countless hundreds of thousands of lives, possibly millions. Nope. Joe Biden has no problem with them dying. Yeah, one Um, year later, that still has not happened. Still has not happened, even though he campaigned on it, promised he would. Um, Joe Biden actually doesn't give a shit about brown people or black people dying. He doesn't. The people in developing nations in South America, in the Middle East, in Africa, they do not matter. Now, if you're blonde haired and blue eyed from Ukraine, you matter a lot to Joe Biden. But uh, if you've got too much melanin in your skin, your life really has absolutely no value to the Democratic Party. That is both domestic and foreign policy. So let's talk about it, right? And and the big ones that he really promised and he campaigned hard on it uh, was um, was healthcare and student loan debt. Um, The student loan debt's the one he really like sunk his teeth into. I'm going to do this. We're going to forgive student loan debt. And I've got a couple numbers here. The entire outstanding federal student loan debt in this country is one point six one trillion. Now, that's a lot of money. That is, that is a shit ton of money. I, I do not fault anyone for balking at $1.61 trillion just vanishing, right? That, that's not fucking great. I don't like that. I don't like it at all. However, just, just, just to fuck with Russia, Putin has just now, the other day, authorized another $800 million uh, package, um, bringing us a total of $2 billion to Ukraine. That had no problem wiping, writing a, stroking a pen, and getting getting two billion dollars of aid to Ukraine with an unlimited tap below it is is no problem. And again, this isn't unique either. Um, the United States funnels an insane amount of its wealth into Saudi Arabia and Israel. Um, Israel since nineteen eighty five. Again, this is this is. This is per the U.S. Since 85, the United States has provided nearly $3 billion in annual grants to Israel. Uh, they are the largest recipient of American aid from 76 all the way to 2004. Um, and also the largest total because since World War II, not inflation adjusted, we've given them $146 billion. Now, if you adjust for inflation, that's a shit ton more. 
because a billion dollars was a whole lot more a hundred years ago or 80 years ago. There's a lot of people like one, one of the first things that like the right wingers will do is when they're, you know, being racist about the border and shit like that is be like, take care of our people at home first. And so I hate that argument, but at the same point, and, and this is where I think the, at least us, we have a different version of that is yes, we want to take care of our people at home, but here's, the, here's where our argument comes in. And it's different. I think if your argument for not taking care of the people at home is we don't have the money and then you turn around and spend that money on people that don't live here, that argument kind of falls flat. And that's kind of the situation we fall in is it's always worrying about the checkbook whenever it's a measure or a bill or an executive order that's actually going to help people. But it's a blank check and no questions asked whenever it's, you know, waging war against another country, supporting regime change, supporting ongoing uh, military coups and, you know, anything that that is just about devastation, war, hunger, famine, beating the other countries that aren't us. That's got a blank check. But anything that we could actually fundamentally use to lift up uh, the working class in this country, we got to be nickel and diming it. Absolutely. Everyone is, everyone is, is, is unlimited pockets on the right. They're unlimited pockets when it comes to war. If it is for war, if it is for imperialism, uh, if it is to defend white people, um, there, there's a blank check. There is nothing we will not do to defend Ukraine from Russia in this, even the war that we basically provoked. But again, when it comes to foreign aid to non-white people, we come up short. You know who could really use billions of dollars in foreign aid? Somalia. We have Somalian pirates because the United States, France, England, and especially the Dutch started dropping off all our nuclear waste into their fishing grounds. And so you had a whole bunch of starving guys with boats. You wonder why their they, why their economy collapsed. This is why we not only caused it, but billions of dollars in aid to build infrastructure would completely change that nation around. But there's a lot of melanin. These aren't quote unquote. By the way, I'm quoting Western media here. They're not civilized people. They don't look like us. Blonde hair and blue eyes. Um, well, remember, and because they don't provide billions and billions of dollars worth of neon. To the tech industry. Well, and campaign contributions. Let's not forget And that. campaign contributions, yes. Because, boy, I got to tell you, I really don't like the right-wing attacks on Hunter Biden as, you know, his past drug history and all that. They are onto something with Ukraine. It is interesting that in 2014, when the United States, as Joe Biden, as vice president, leads a right-wing fascist coup to overthrow the government, his son ends up as a board member on a giant Ukrainian oil firm. And he has zero experience in the sector. Now, do I think that makes Democrats or Joe Biden more corrupt than Trump or Republicans? Absolutely not. Trump yeah. was literally naming family members to the fucking cabinet. Joe Biden also used his position to give his son an executive director board in Ukraine. Before this war, Ukraine was labeled as one of the most corrupt nations in the world. And both sides have used it as that. Again, and we let a coup there. So it shouldn't be shocking what's going on here, but that's what Biden is. And and people want to be like, oh, he's just standing up for them like a good dude. It's like, no, he's not. He's protecting U.S. financial interests. 
and he's protecting personal financial interests. And he is 100% using this to bring up his terrifyingly low poll numbers. Well, don't forget, he's also throwing a bone to the, the students as well, because he did extend once again, uh, you know, the student loan payback moratorium till September now is what we have. So, Whoop-dee you know, shit. Yeah, I know, right? You know, it, he has it, extended the moratorium. That which, is, by the way, again, I'm going to point out, of was Trump's. And that was yes. Trump's. Biden didn't do that. All Biden said is, okay, don't stop the thing that Trump started. And I fucking hate giving kudos to Trump. I hate it because he's a piece of shit. But His like, administration did far more for Americans than Biden ever has. Yes. Yeah. Like, you know, come on, man. And again, I get the trillion dollar number is, is scary, but even $10,000, that, that's the one that's been floating around, is just forgive $10,000. That would fucking help so many goddamn people. So many. And he won't even do that. Nope. Remember, the promise was 50000 that's what he campaigned on, yeah. was forgiving $50,000. It wasn't wiping out all debt. It was, we're going to forgive $50,000 in student loan debt day one, I think is what the quote was. Yeah. It didn't happen. All of a sudden, I don't think I can do that now. And people no, are like, yes, happen. you fucking can. 45.3 million borrowers that owe uh, money to student loan debts right here in the uh, here in the United States, right? So if they... They forgave every single person 100%. It would be $1.54 trillion. If they were to just do the $10,000 like you were just talking about, that's only $429 billion. Now, it's, it sounds like a huge fucking number, but that's less than a third of what it would be to, to wipe out everyone completely. It's doable. There's no reason why we couldn't do this. We and spend again, trillions and trillions and trillions of dollars in our 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 national budgets. And you know, it it's something that we could pay for. It's something we could do. Well, and not only that, that's assuming we have to pay full top dollar for it. You're telling me outstanding student loans that banks are having trouble collecting on couldn't be negotiated at half the value? No, of course they could. I mean, that's the thing is like, we don't have to give the banks back all their money for predatory loans at high interest rates like that doesn't need to happen. Well, absolutely agree with that. So part of that, the that money is also interest and shit like that, Mm -hmm. that gets tacked on, right? Yep. So forget all your fucking interest, forget all your fucking fees and penalties and shit, just on principle. That's what we need to to wipe out. Fuck everything else. You write that shit off. The banks can write that shit off. I'm sorry. I don't care about them and their fees and their interest. It's predatory anyway. Yeah. And again, we don't even pay the full principal. I don't care about the investments of capitalists. Like at the end of the day, like they gave predatory loans and it's their fault. But this is the United States and we can't let banks fail. That That's scary. And that, that needs taxpayer bailouts. And we've shown that over and over that we end up giving money to banks for no reason when they're not going to fail or we end up giving money to car companies or whatever else fucking Amazon to go into space. Motherfucking Jeff Bezos doesn't need money to go to space. We gave Jeff Bezos money to buy MGM. Yeah. For what? He literally asked a grant, which was the asking price of the purchase for MGM studios. Yeah. 
which he then purchased after getting his SpaceX grant for that dollar amount. Uh huh. Again, because Elon SpaceX Musk is, go to Elon space Musk, today. Elon Musk offered impressed. to buy Twitter. Like again, we've gone past oligarchy. We're we're, we're steamrolling our way into neo feudalism. I had not heard that he had offered to to buy Twitter. Yeah, he bought nine percent last week, and today he has offered to purchase the entirety of Twitter. Jesus Christ! And he could do it quite easily. Yeah, why not? But apparently, remember, he said that you know he doesn't have that kind of liquid funds, so it's not fair to tax him. Um, and this isn't just student loan debt, which is is a big issue. But like, I get the, and people are divided on that. You know, some people think we should be helping people who are victims of predatory loans and wiping out their debt so they can live happy and good lives. And some people are heartless bastards. But something that even has broader support is healthcare. We are emerging it is not done although you'd think the pandemic's over because you can't go anywhere i can't i gotta tell you i walk around and it's it's like fucking where's waldo trying to find someone in a mask yeah i'm the only one wearing one still in yeah, most I, I go to the fucking go. grocery store i go to the gas station i'm the only person wearing a mask uh but yeah i agree with you they they just don't exist anymore people no. stopped wearing them they don't care yep everyone got done well again Whose fault is that? Joe Biden decided that it wasn't the federal government's place um, to force states to have mask mandates or enforce them in any way, shape or form. And the states have repealed them and all of our local governments, even again. And this isn't even like a Republican thing. New York, California. I mean, like liberal bastions have completely abandoned their mask mandates, all of them, quite yeah. a while ago. And the federal guidelines for planes and trains and buses are about to expire. Uh, they got extended for, I think, for like another like four weeks or something like that. And they'll totally lapse and we'll be done. You won't have to wear a mask on a fucking airplane anymore soon. Don't get me wrong. We have come miles in COVID. People are vaccinated and the vaccines and the, and the, the treatments for it are getting much better. And COVID is now far less deadly than it used to be. But we're not fucking done. There are people with compromised immune systems. There are people who can't fucking get this. There's people who need to work. Like, the, I'm sorry. The pandemic is still fucking going strong. And to pull this back was ridiculous and insane. And so has not giving people health care. Again, we basically went through this century's Spanish flu. And we had the capability to, again, this isn't even like needs an act of Congress. In a state of emergency, which we were in. We're not in one anymore because, you know, the pandemic's over and people got tired of it and, you know, people need their hair appointments. But in a state of emergency, the president can extend Medicare to every American. Stroke of a pen. Yeah. Executive order. Done. Uh -huh. Give everyone fucking Medicare. Done. Won't do it. Absolutely will not do it. And the Democrats have actually been one of the biggest sabotagers of this, believe it or not. So there, there was a big study published, right? And it was actually from... Um, from from the health policy center right so it's it's, it's a legit one um and basically it gives the um the number giving medicare for all to every single america would cost 32 trillion dollars in 10 years so that'd be 3.2 trillion dollars a year well that that's not great that that's not good at all that's a whole lot of money except yeah. for currently we're spending 3.6 trillion dollars a year and we're not insuring everyone we're spending three point six trillion, like cumulative as a country, or yeah, or the government three, is spending that three point six year trillion cumulative as a country. 
So we as a country are paying $3.6 trillion a year and only insuring a portion of the population. Yes. Or we could spend $3.2 trillion a year and have every single man, woman, and child under health insurance. So so everyone could pay, on average, a little bit less, and everyone could get insurance. Absolutely. Yep. And uh, actually, part of that study is... um, that um, it's only going to go up. $48 trillion is over the next 10 years. So we're currently doing 3.6. So it's actually going to be even more because over the next 10, Medicare for all will cost $32 trillion. What it's projected with the private industry we have now is $48 trillion. So we are literally talking $16 trillion more to keep the status quo. Yeah, once again, I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised either. But this is what we're talking about is there's not enough money. It's cheaper. It literally costs less money to give every single American single payer health care, which you could have done in a state of emergency during a pandemic. No, you, your opponents couldn't even come after you for it, especially once you show the savings. But he didn't because the Democratic Party, again, Matt, Matt, Matt and I bring this up all the time is fucking Cory Booker's treacherous ass. Oh, fuck. And again, that I'm sorry, happened. Bernie Sanders, too. Bernie Sanders yeah. goes up there and talks about cheap fucking insulin, and he talks about health care for all, but anytime the Democrats tell him to, he folds like a goddamn lawn chair. Ain't that the truth? Bernie Sanders, great guy. Love him to death. He doesn't have a spine for the party. He will not At stand all. up to him. He will not shake the vote. Neither will fucking AOC. Neither will Ian Omar. I mean, the, the heroes of the Democratic Party, Rashida Tlaib, these people will not do actual significant change. They will not actually stand up for this. And it's because it means losing. That That's the problem. Because... Politically speaking, in order for this to work, they would have to hamstring the Democratic Party. That's the only way it works. And they would have to do it consistently for a while. Like, like that, that's where, where this comes in. Because they don't, there's not enough of them to get votes to do what they want and get it advanced. So the only way they can do it is withhold their vote, fuck over the Democrats long enough to where the Democrats have to play ball with them, and then start advancing their agenda. But they won't do that because what will happen is the moment they do that, the Dems will blame them. The liberals will blame them too. They won't get their votes back. They won't keep getting voted in. And the at least this is, I think, their mindset. I don't necessarily think this is true. This is what I think they believe. And they'll eventually lose anyway. And so they're playing the game just like Sanders is, just like all of them do, in the hopes of incremental change, which, as we've already discussed, doesn't get us anywhere. So what you're telling me is they don't have the fortitude to do what needs to be done. No. And that's the thing you do. There needs to be sacrificial lambs. All of them would have to risk their jobs and their careers. But you know what? You're fucking public servants. Okay. And I get it. There aren't term limits across the board for these things, but there goddamn well should be like, this shouldn't be a career path for you. That is so precious that the idea that you could get fired because you do a shitty job or because you stand by your fucking principles. Yeah. You're a pup. You're a public servant. We, this is where we're getting back into neo-fucking-feudalism, is they're no longer serving the constituency at all. These people are literally here for the halls of power and personal profit. That is the entire purpose of senators now. And yeah, and I'm not saying that it's that they shouldn't be paid well. It's a hard job. It, It absolutely deserves it. But if you go into it as a career, 
at some point, there's going to be a flip that happens where you become dependent on that career and you've got no other options. I mean, again, she went, I'm not saying AOC has got like no chops, but she went from bartending to getting a degree to being a public servant. Where is she going to go beyond that? Like maybe write a book or memoirs. But I say that's the, that's the thing is I disagree. It's even worse because she could go anywhere. She can write books all year long. She can be a paid speaker for the rest of her life. Like AOC could retire from the Senate and just live her life via endorsements, speaking and book deals and Actually, be that's rich. True. Yeah, um, she could. I don't necessarily think some of the others could because there's not as, they're not as big in the spotlight. But again, but again, you make a good point. You're right. I don't know. If Andrew Yang can pull a grift out of this, I think there, anyone on the squad can. There's plenty of opportunity for anyone that gains any kind of notoriety based on political interest. And here's the thing. I, I would even, now that I'm thinking about it, we're having this discussion, like I would even go, I would say being not elected again because you stood by your principles would arguably get you even more clout, clout especially oh, yeah. among your base. Because here's the thing. That's what you were elected to fucking do. Look at Stacey Abrams. Stacey Abrams became a household name by not getting elected. Yep. Yeah. Bernie Sanders became a household name by losing a presidential election. Like, yeah. I'm sorry. Losing your job can bring you just as much fame. And here's the thing. I don't even care if they get fucking fame because you know what AOC can do? Go back to working. Like, yeah. I don't care. I don't, I don't have the need to find a way for you to continue your fucking grift. I don't care. You don't need to be rich. You don't need a public politician's salary. All the rest of us are fucking making do, working our jobs as best we can. You can fucking join us. Well, and that's the thing, too. It's like I'd support you more if you have yeah. principled. I, I, would, I would not give a damn if I vote. Like, let's say AOC ran like for something significant, got it. Like, let's just say like, I'll say president, like not that it's going to happen, but let's say she got it. And let's say for the four, first four years, she fucking went head to toe. She cleaned house. She did everything she should. And every side, like Republican and Democrat went fucking after her. I'd still vote for her because she stood by her fucking principles. I don't care if shit libs and right wingers don't like you. I care that you do what I elect you to fucking do. And Unfortunately, I agree. I do agree with you, Chris. No, they aren't doing what they're being elected to do, which is fucking change the system. People who stand by their principles get shot on hotel balconies in Memphis. People who stand by their principles get shot on stage by the by the Nation of Islam. People who stand by their principles get their heads blown off in convertibles in tech, Dallas, Texas. Like Bobby Kennedy was murdered for standing what he believed in in a hotel yeah. lobby surrounded by armed guards. Like, no, no. Standing up for what you believe in gets you fucking murdered. We are beholden to banking interests, pharmaceutical interests, military interests. There is a financial gain that is running the nation, and they mostly run it through le pretty legal means of simply paying for everyone. Um, but everyone who will not contribute to that will get fucking murdered. That's just how it is. And that's your choice is you can go into exile, you can get murdered, or you can play fucking ball, or you can leave the game. Like, those are your options. The left of the, the left wing of the Democratic Party, whatever the fuck that means, has decided to play ball. They all have. Here's what Ilian Omar tweeted uh, just the other day. She wrote, because this is in, in breaking news that, that Russia has imposed sanctions on the U.S. House of Representatives for, you know, um, fucking human rights violations, which we do. We are a nation that has concentration camps at our border. We're running a torture prison in Cuba. Like, 
we're currently funding both sides of a civil war in Syria. We're 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 helping the Saudis commit a, a fucking major war crimes in Yemen. We are paying for Israel to create a genocide in Palestine. Like the United States is absolutely the greatest collection of war criminals in the world. And Ilhan Omar tweets again. Ilhan Omar, who is by far the most progressive of the squad. Of yeah. Rashida Tlaib, of AOC, Ilhan Omar, like all of them, like, no, no, Ilhan Omar has, has been the only one who's been critical of Israel. She's the only one who actually has the balls to stand up for that one. She's definitely the, the far most left. She wrote, seriously, being sanctioned by Putin for standing up for human rights is definitely something I will wear as a badge of honor. Yes, she believes everything going on is us standing up for human rights. That's what Ilhan Omar tweeted. It doesn't matter how fucking far left you are in the Democratic Party. You are an imperialist and you are authoritarian and you support private, powerful interests that have nothing but their own personal gain and evil on their to do list. I don't know how to follow that, my friend, because <laughs> everything that you just said is is the absolute truth. The thing is, is Ilhan Omar doesn't even, I think, understand why Putin is sanctioning U.S. senators. She's a U.S. senator. She's security clearance. She has access to far more information than we do. I don't believe that for a second. Okay, then why would she put out a tweet like she did? Because what she said there smacks of not truly understanding. Because U.S. senators can't be honest and open about how shitty the U.S. is. Like, yeah, like she's, she's a sitting can't, U.S. senator. Yeah, you right, can't. I mean, pump, fair enough. But like, just because you know it's shitty doesn't mean you can be like, "Yeah, this I work for this country and it's fucking shitty." Well, you can. That would be great, but no, she won't. But that's because you're asking why is a sitting U.S. senator forwarding state propaganda? They're part of the state. <laughs> yeah. Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah, and you got to remember, like, I mean, we talk about right wingers and their their pseudo their bullshit patriotism and all this nationalism you mean like biden yeah right god bless our troops that's my point nothing will fundamentally change it doesn't exist in a vacuum on the right like the left it's and and that's what everyone likes to forget you know you look at right wingers because you know they, they they sport like 50 fucking different versions of the american flag and it's you know take my freedoms all around dead body but the 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 liberals are just like that too and hell there's even people on the left that that have got a hard on for the stars and stripes like it exists everywhere in every demographic it is a majority of this country that has some type of that viewpoint so to come out on any capacity and tell us this country is fundamentally broken even like Bernie Sanders has to do it in very carefully scripted ways. Otherwise people would go shit house on him. Yeah. You know, yeah. Like, you, you, you can't do it in this country. And that's part of the problem is if you can't talk about a problem, what hope is there of ever being able to fix it? There isn't. And, th- and that's why I think, well, there is, but nothing uh, will fundamentally change. <laughs> it involves tactics that make liberals sad in their panties. Let me tell you, we'll cheer Ukrainians building Molotov cocktails as long as they're not Palestinians or Americans. Well, as I soon as as soon as people oh, protest a black man who is unarmed being executed by police and a window breaks, we shit ourselves. But we will happily cheer on 12-year-olds in Ukraine um, building Molotov cocktails and we will say Zelensky's so cool as he conscripts refugees. Like, the fucking hypocrisy that we have for revolution and change both foreign and abroad is insane. Mm-hmm. Agree. And that's where I've always kind of understood Chris's take. And it's like, I don't want to see 
this country in, in, in a massive state of upheaval. But like, I, I like there's only two ways things are going to change. One of two ways. One, we have to get every left senator in there to suddenly fucking grow a spine and, and en masse elect even more with a spine to replace the ones that don't have it. So we'd have to elect left senators first. Yeah. Yeah. Left senators first. Yeah. Exactly. Like we'd actually have to get representatives that are actual leftists and they'd all have to have spines and be willing to go toe to toe with the rest of the establishment. Or the entire country needs to rise up and be like, we're done with this shit and start bringing out the guillotines. Like, that's the only one of two ways it's going to happen. And honestly, I think the guillotines are the more likely scenario. Mm, I'm looking at you, Muskie. Yeah, they are, though. That That's that is where we're going it is it is the only reset. And we can go ahead and just keep pushing the goalposts back further and further. The farther the disparity goes between the rich and the poor, those with food and those who are starving. Yeah, there's that there's that meme of like, you know, the Lego is the best description of how militarized the US police system has come in the last 60 years. And you see all you've all seen that meme where it's a happy Andy, you know, Andy Griffith cop in the first one. By the end of it, he's wearing fucking riot gear and grimacing at you. Yep. That's where yeah. we are. I mean, it's like people used to look at like China's crackdown at Tiananmen Square and say, how could the army just just fucking tear gas and shoot people who are protesting for human rights? And here we are in the United States now. The NYPD is legally allowed to run people over if they don't disperse. Like in Albuquerque, they shoot homeless people for fun. In Los Angeles, the sheriff department is a murder gang. The LAPD gets to turn off their body cams during shootings. God, there was just one. Where, what state was it? In the one that happened, um, the video just got released today. Well, where the cop, yeah, the cop had the unarmed guy who was bound and shot him in the back of the head, executed in the middle of the street. Um, but his body cam turned off right before he did it. And the only reason we know about it is because someone was filming with their cell phone. Oh. Um, look at Buffalo, New York, where the cops shoved the old man down to the ground, cracked his head open. Remember, they got acquitted of all charges two days ago? No, I didn't hear that either. Yes, they got completely acquitted. They will not be charged. They will not lose their jobs. Nope. Business as usual. They will keep full pensions. They will keep their jobs. They go back to work. Everything is hunky-dory. And that guy's like a vegetable in the the hospital, isn't he? Uh, I think he got out of vegetative state, but he has brain damage. Did he? he? He has permanent brain damage. Yeah. Because some fucking pig decided that an old man was a threat and decided to clock him and knock him onto the pavement. That's the country we live in. That's where. The, how do you resolve that? You don't. You don't do it by voting harder. That the no. voting harder was something we needed to do eighty years ago. It was something we needed to do after World War II. It was something we needed to do during the Vietnam War. Like the time for for legitimate incremental change has passed, and that's a topic we are going to hit on in just a few minutes with Matt's mailbag. But the incremental change and reform of a corrupt and fascist system is impossible. It needs to be abolished. It needs to end. And you don't have to have a violent revolution. You can have a peaceful revolution. They happen. Rarely. But they happen. But we're not going to have one. That's That doesn't happen in this kind of situation. And... Do what you will. I am not advocating for violence. I'm advocating for any system that is effective for change. Unfortunately, this is the United States. And um, as we can see with how slavery ended and how any form of oppression ends in this country, Jim Crow, you think that didn't go down without a fight? We're st- the last lynching was st- still happening. <laughs> like, yeah, right. The state and the oppressive forms of racial and um, economic oppression in this country are held through by violence or threat of violence. 
the violence already exists. We're just upset that the violence is changing hands. Because let me tell you something, denying Americans health care during a pandemic is violence. Denying that IP to go to developing nation while a million of their citizens die, that is fucking violence. Picking a fight between Ukraine and Russia and for, trying to get them into NATO and forcing this conflict and then sending over rocket launchers, that's violence. Bombing the shit out of Yemen with Saudi Arabia, violence. Funding a genocide in Palestine, violence. Incarcerating an entire majority of a racial population in this country and putting them in prisons that the UN has declared are human rights violations, that is violence. Keeping a torture facility is violence. Keeping concentration camps is violence. And I know this sounds like a tangent because it is, but the United States government administers violence constantly upon its citizen and upon the world at large. I don't accept the idea that violence is never the answer because violence is already being committed. We're talking about the prevention of it. Now, when a more effective system comes about that can create meaningful change, I'm all for it. That'd be great. I would love it if this could happen with nothing but daisies and hugs. But uh, the boomers tried that and look what happened. And uh, I would argue that our country is far further down the rabbit hole now than it was during Nixon's administration. They all group and just keep became complacent in the system <laughs> i saw this amazing meme and it was a it was a it was a picture from this from the from the late 60s and it's a school bus you know covered in flower paint and full you know got hippies hanging off of everywhere and it was just like isn't it wild how this became the shittiest generation that's the funny part to me <laughs> yeah <laughs> is all of those peace hippie free love boomers turned into like the worst people ever because they were all given four bedroom, $30,000 homes to buy. And they were given yeah. jobs with pensions and they were given health care and they were given every single incentive to sit down and shut up. And what when Rome collapses, the biggest problem you have here is they're no longer offering the incentives, which is why people are starting to not sit down and shut up anymore. Yeah. But speaking of not shutting up, what's in the mailbag, Matt? So we got two. So, uh, as I said, as we said last week, we were going to put the feelers out to see if anybody had any convincing arguments for Vosh and uh, <laughs> let me and, guess, uh, let me Nora. guess, there aren't any real convincing ev- arguments. I don't no. know. There's someone who thinks child pornography is cool and has a cartoon as an avatar logo thinks it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's about that. I so, said like- convincing argument. Oh, fair enough. That's fair. <laughs> So we got one for defending Jimmy Dore, which is basically, it wasn't even an offense. She was just like, I can't believe people are just getting so upset at what, at people just trying to talk. We can't even have people talk to each other anymore without the world getting mad. Yeah, it's a bad thing to platform white nationalists. Andrew and Yang, that, is that you? Yeah, Quit right. saying ignorant shit I know. and we'll let you talk. And that ended real quick. Like it was that, and then she was trying to defend his anti-vax stance as not right winger. And I'm just like, oh, so it's a leftist viewpoint that 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 vaccines are uh, terrible and, and mandates are awful, and we should all just you know be free. That that's the leftist viewpoint. A centrist, buddy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so that was good, but oh man, and this is like we're recording this on uh, Thursday the 14th for those of you listening. As we speak on our Twitter right now, there is a dude just, I mean bending over 
backwards to just defend pedophilia. And it's it's pretty good because actually right as we're recording this, he fully admits that he's just not familiar with like half of Osh's things, but still making the argument that they're not about that they're not defending pedophilia or appropriate pedophilia. Yeah, the Twitter thread has been interesting. Um you're and again it's the it's the arguments we predicted. Um it yep. is the out context. of context, out of context, out of context. Out of context. Yeah. It's like these are these are like two minutes of him going on a rant about child porn should be legal. We should lower the age of consent. And it's again, you can take one person's statement out of context. Sure. If they are constantly saying the same things over and over again, especially when they are addressing their earlier comments and doubling down on them, this is a pattern of behavior. And if someone has that, again, if it looks like a pig, smells like a pig, walks like a pig, it talks like a pig, it's probably a pig. I'll take well, sacred yeah. cow for 600, Alex. Yeah, no <laughs> shit. Well, it boils. I've seen three main arguments come out of this. The con- the note, the one we knew the most was coming was it's out of context. First of all, no, it's not. There's not a single thing that Vosh has said regarding pedophilia that you can put into a context that makes it not about an endorsement of pedophilia. Not one. Where it gets into a little bit different is when he's using pedophilia pedophilia as an analogy to talk about something else. Why that's bullshit? Let me let me explain. Like, there's two common ones that the people will bring up. His is basically his pseudo attack on vegans hypocrisy, and um, his quote unquote attack of child labor. He invokes pedophilia to juxtapose it against these two issues. Now. What his defenders are trying to say is he's just using that to show how bad and hypocritical people are. And what we're trying to get this asshole to realize is, no, he's not. What he's doing is he's citing pedophilia to normalize it and make it seem not as bad. That is what Vouch is doing. And the reason we know that is because we have numerous other quotes where he is not using analogies, where he's just basically flat out endorsing pedophilia. And so when you take that in context for all those people that are going to make context arguments, it paints a picture of somebody that's a pedophile. Well, and it's it's kind of this like reverse straw man argument. Yeah. Where instead of making up an argument, he's using an existing argument to quasi defend something that was never part of the conversation. He is he is taking the argument at hand. And it's it's a it's the most interesting use of an inside out logical fallacy I've ever seen. But yeah, it's yeah. A, it's a it's a it's a it's a it's a fucking anti straw man argument where he's well, he's he's reversing it where he's taking the argument at hand to say like and that's why pedophilia is not so bad, right, guys? Well, and here's the thing: he's not even making it that bold. Like I get where people are misunderstanding, but here's the thing. You can attack the hypocrisy of vegans who lambast meat eaters, but then turn around and buy products and do other things that that cause harm to animals. Like you can do that 100% cohesively and well without ever mentioning pedophilia. Yeah, you I, I don't go, know where yelling at a yeah. vegan has have naked children involved. Right? You can go after child labor laws and how how it's bad to support those with again never once bringing up child porn. I mean, can you imagine like talking to someone about the legalization of child porn and being like, and this is why vegans are bullshit. Like, can you imagine reversing that? 
Yeah, it's it it's the most nonsensical argument there is. The fact that the first place he goes to to make a point is to compare it to pedophilia, and he it's not like he does it once or twice. This is a consistent thing he does out of the blue, like pedophile pedophilia is just thrown out there, or 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 child porn or something of that like. He will throw into these arguments, and it's done under the guise of like I'm trying to get you to realize how people. Uh, are, are you know, they, they, there's hypocrisy here and they don't treat it as seriously and they should. But really what he's doing is just trying to make a good argument for why child porn is okay. You yeah. know, and that's, and, and, and people have been over backwards to defend him. And again, I know why you're doing it. You found a guy that had a take on something that you really liked. And then you started listening to him. And then you found more takes that he had that you didn't like. And because he's making what you think are reasonable arguments, you think he's a good dude. But then somebody comes out and says, no, that's a fucking horrible dude. But you're already balls deep into him now. So you got two choices. Have a little egg on your face. Realize you were wrong and turn tail. Or double down and tell everyone they've got the fucking problem. And that's what Bausch's supporters are doing. Cognitive dissonance is a hell of a drug, buddy. It is. Mm -hmm. It is. But it's just like, even in, like, even in these arguments, they'll admit to not being familiar with most of the shit he says. And then when presented of it, still try to make it out of context argument. Like, that's what blows me away about this. It's just, it's fucking insane. And that's what this yeah. guy's doing. And that's what everybody that defends Vouch does. Um, and, and again, the same thing for, for Jimmy Dore. Like they will bend over backwards to try and excuse white nationalism by not even saying whether he was wrong or right to do it. Just getting mad at the person who brings it up as if they're the ones with the problem because he decided to pl- talk to someone. No, he wasn't just bringing on some rando right winger to discuss the intricacies of, of, of um, small government. He brought on a white nationalist to try to make him look good to leftists that's literally and that's his stated goal like he wants right-wing extremism to appeal to the left because he thinks there's common ground he said that not me that is his stated intent and if you hear that and think yeah this dude is a good representation of the left you aren't a fucking leftist sorry that was a little ranty but uh, can you tell i fucking hate door and vouch it needed to be said Matt, it needed to so, be said. But speaking of sacred cows, there was something else you wanted to get into. I did, yeah. Thank you. So this other one, I'm not going to be as uh, hoity-toity on, but um, uh, this is a special shout out to one specifically is chaotic socialist. She's one of our followers, and she's great. Love you. We had an interaction this week that I wanted to bring up um, because it's a good point, and it's one that we've heard before. I think either TD Gamer or Basehead Faye has brought this up as well. So Chris. And I think to a lesser extent, can I have been pretty vocal about the DSA being kind of shitty as an organization? That's the Democratic Socialists of America, right? Here, let, let me let me clarify. I do not think the DSA is inherently a shitty organization. The DSA is a do nothing organization, and mm-hmm. the reason I say this is if you if you look at anyone who's pretty far left, like you actually talked like like hardcore communists and anarchists they will tell you like oh yeah i was dsa for a little while and then i kind of realized they weren't actually revolutionary or far left and the dsa again 
compared to the Democrats, the DSA is 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 fucking Karl Marx because the DSA actually advocates for good stuff. The DSA is super pro union. Uh, the DSA advocates for health care for all. The, D- the DSA advocates that housing is a human right. Uh, education is a human right. They're anti-racist. Um, so there's a lot of things the DSA advocates advocates for that is good and is left. So it, I when I criticize the DSA, I do not criticize them as a right wing or centrist um, organization, but unfortunately, they're a progressive liberal organization because, for one, they call themselves socialists. They are not. Um, I actually hate the socialist word in democratic socialists because that's not what socialism is. Socialism is the workers owning the means of production, and the DSA does not advocate for that. The DSA advocates for, for reform for massive reform, uh, but they do not believe in the taking away of private property from capitalists and redistribution among the working class. That is not what they advocate for. There are people in the DSA who advocate for that and think that, but that is not their platform. And so they are not socialists. They are kind of what the Europeans would consider liberals, but, you know, by their standards. And again, that has a place but that's what it is. And so when I hear the DSA is the most effective leftist org there is, it's like they're not. And I think that was, um, you know, our listener who piped in, who we were talking with on Twitter. I think what they were advocating for was like, how, you know, this is an organization that does a lot of good. I think it's bullshit that you would criticize them so hard. This is why it's because they take the mantle of reform, which is ultimately ineffective. And they take a lot of funding and clout for work they don't do. Um, and in fact, the DSA is is fractured. It's chapter-based. So what, what what happens to the DSA LA has nothing to do with what happens in DSA Milwaukee. You know, what DSA Miami does is nothing to do with what DSA New York does, right? You know, these are, the, and then that's a good thing. You, you want your chapter separate if you're going to run any kind of leftist org. It, it helps limit government intrusion which again here's the thing the dsa is so big there is no way it is absolutely not run by the federal government at this point that's just what happens and she even made the good point that like well cpusa is total hot garbage yes it is cpusa has is a state asset at this point do not look into cpusa they are completely infiltrated by the fbi and so and that thing that is not because d that is not because the communist party usa uh started off evil no they were started off being funded by russians and, and DSA is started off by well-meaning people, but if an or if a leftist org gets too powerful, it will be corrupted by the federal government. That's the job of the CIA and the FBI. That is what counterprolo is. It's po- the point is to do exactly that. Case in point is again DSA Los Angeles. Now this does not represent DSA as a whole. DSA Los Angeles stole money from Streetwatch LA. They decided to join forces to create a giant fund to help emergency victims, uh, to homeless victims of, of you know massive sweeps and police violence, and to have kind of a slush fund ready to rock and roll. And the DSA was happy to dump their funds into it that they fundraised for together. And then when it came time to distribute the funds and actually use them, DSA literally said, our treasure has disagreed and just kept all the fucking money. I mean, this was a huge fight on Twitter, online. You can find this stuff. DSLA just absolutely 100% hands down stole money from a more effective 501c3 to help the homeless. They just decided to keep the fucking money. Now, does this mean that all chapters across the country are guilty of it? Absolutely not. But if they were not immediately shut down by the national org, then that means the org is corrupt. If the head of the org does not look and say, oh, you have stolen money 
from a fellow leftist organization for the homeless people that's wrong and correct the situation or suspend that chapter, then that means it's kind of, again, you don't have to be a racist to vote for Trump, but it does mean that racism isn't a deal breaker. And it's the same kind of thing. You don't have to be money that steals bread and money from the homeless, but it does mean that it's not a deal breaker if you're at the DSA national org level. And these are some of the problems, you know, and again, I don't advocate for anything. Like one of the things that came up in that organ that that argument was that well, I advocate for the PSL. They do nothing but election stuff. And it's like, well, no, I've gotten tear gassed with the PSL. Okay. I, I, I have done direct action. I fought Nazis with the PSL. The DSA does not do that. The DSA shows up, gets a photo up and leaves while everything is safe. You will not find the DSA, at least here in California, doing anything that could be um, involved in a, an unlawful assembly. And again, that's fine. I am not saying that makes you bad for doing that, but that does not make you the most effective street force for change. And if you're going to complain that other organizations do nothing more than fundraising and um, an election and election grandstanding, and your organization does absolutely nothing in the streets that is considered dangerous or unlawful and only works within the system, then that means, again, it's an organization that is only working within this system for reform and a reformist system is liberal and a reformist system is still bourgeois and that makes it not leftist that i know that was a ramble but that is my entire point on why i do not support the dsa that does yeah. not mean i do not support people in the dsa and i do not believe the people who make up the democratic socialist america are not people who are fighting for leftist change the organization as a whole is and i am not a fan of the people in it Still good people. Yeah. And, and just for, for, for context, um, just so everyone knows what this was about. So like we've, we've out of context, met, like, I, like I said, many times, I think we've, we've shit on the DSA a little bit and uh Canuck socialist, I believe is a member at her local chapter. And I, like I said, I think either Basehead Faye or TD gamer uh, are, are members in their local chapter. And they had positive things to say both times. Like I think we mentioned it in two different episodes and each time we had one of them, message us and be like, Hey, you know, we think it's, this is a pretty good thing. And so since a couple of people that listen to us are bringing it up, we just want this kind of became kind of a back and forth on Twitter. And, you know, I don't know, it, it just kind of abruptly ended. So I wasn't sure if, you know, uh, she took it personally or if she just stopped responding because she didn't want to get her fight or what, but I did want to bring it up because she did bring up valid points. And I think what was being missed in that is that it's a similar argument to what we make for the people that uh, defend like Vosh and, and Jimmy Dore. Now I'm not putting the, the, the DSA in the same camp as them by any means. However, the thing that started this is I believe the Boston chapter was hosting an event that they invited Vosh to attend and Chris had posted it up on Twitter and that's kind of where this started is because she mentioned that, you know, it was, it wasn't fair to rag on the DSA. And I would argue that if you are going to, you know, be involved in politics, it is always fair to criticize institutions, especially institutions that are, that are positioning themselves as being on your political side. Those are the ones that deserve the most scrutiny because they are oftentimes the most insidious. Like Chris said, this isn't about um, the the you know the individuals that attend these, but that chapter alone is giving a platform to a pedophile. And they're giving a platform to a pedophile on the premise that he is a war supporter because of all mm -hmm. the money he's raised for Ukraine, and they are holding that up as a good thing. 
So this guy who screams about NATO and about killing and about sending weapons and about NATO superiority. I mean, Vouch is a pedophilia aside. He's a fucking state asset. Yeah, the pedophilia is the one I focus on because to me, that alone should be the the fucking deal breaker. Like the moment you realize, oh shit, this guy's is a fucking pedo. Like it doesn't matter how many other shit takes he has. That should be the one that ends it. Um, yeah. But yeah, like the pedophilia isn't his only shit take. We discussed that but, in the last But especially episode. in a panel of socialists, yes. someone who has a capitalist imperialist take has no place um, being given a platform there. And again, this doesn't, this single handedly does not make the DSA bad. It is an example of the problem with the DSA. And again, the only way to correct that is through harsh criticism, because Great. if the Boston chapter of the DSA does not get nailed to the wall for hosting Vouch, giving them a platform, what is to stop them from doing it again? And that goes for any political platform, no matter who we like, don't like left, right, doesn't matter. The only way to change your political affiliation and the org that you hold up as right is to criticize them publicly for the things they do wrong. That is the only way you change it. Yeah, and, and to ja- to uh, chaotic socialists' uh, original point, it also doesn't mean that your individual chapter that you attend isn't fucking phenomenal and exactly the kind of chapter that the DSA as a whole should yeah. be. There are some P- chapters of the DSA that have literally chained themselves to machinery and fought for unions' rights, and that's fucking based. That's awesome. That is the yeah. kind of shit they should be doing. That's great. I applaud the good things they do, but we can applaud the good things and criticize the bad. Agreed. And the, and the last reason I wanted to mention why I specifically wanted to talk about this is because I like it when we get challenged by our listeners. I do. Because it I keeps us too. on our toes. I think that was a good interaction. I like that you stood up for it. I wish the conversation had kept going. But, you know, I also don't like hope you don't feel like we were attacking you personally or anything like that as well. Because it was a good discussion. And I think these yeah. discussions are important if we're going to if we're going to call ourselves leftists. I think these are the types of things that keep us you know, separated from the hive mind that is the right. The only way this works is the re the thing that separates the left from the right is the ability to engage in debate and have different opinions and fight about them. That's the good thing. So no, you, you challenge us all you want. Keep it up, comrade. Yep. Agreed. And that's all I got. And, and that's going to be where we leave it. So thanks for joining us on this one. Trust me, it will not be the last time we go after both Biden and U.S. foreign policy because they are both century-old hot garbage. All of them. So we're going to keep dragging them. We'll be here with a different topic next week, though. I promise it won't be just why Biden sucks about Ukraine. Well, unless something terrible happens. Uh, so, you know, knock on wood. Who knows? Uh, but we will be here next week, all three of us. We love you. Thanks for sticking around. And until then, take care of yourselves, kids. Take care of each other. And remember, the revolution is you. 